Hour number two. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Rep with you. Happy July 4th weekend, everybody. Stay safe out there. Have fun. All that good stuff. Get your fireworks. Have fun. Enjoy your families, but uh, don't get too crazy out there. Of course, the Gimme Zone, as always, brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, locally owned and operated. They're headquartered in both Norman and Tulsa, and they've been serving customers in the greater OKC area since 2010. Free quotes, they're bonded and insured, and of course, they've got affordable pricing. Number to call in OKC 405 361 3094. In Tulsa, 918 984 5475. And online, com. Josh Helmer, we welcome in Matt Reynolds. Matt, what's going on, man? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, we spent a little bit of time discussing this, but what's what's your reaction to what it means for the live tour that, look, I saw, you saw what Greg Norman sent out there and shared on social media. The live golf tour, they've got more than what's going on in terms of top 100 players in the official world golf ranking, in terms of major champions uh, of recent memory. They've got more than what's going on this week on the DP World Tour or what's going on in the John Deere Classic. They do. They they definitely do. Right now, uh, I think this is the best way to put this, is that the OWGR is, at least for the time being, something we can go off of. It's going to be harder to go off of this when guys like uh, Brooks Koepka all of a sudden fall out of the top 100 because they don't have any ranking points in their last several events. But uh, as of now, I think we can actually use it to be a pretty good basis of this. So the John Deere Classic's going on, and I know for a lot of people that follow golf, they know this. John Deere's never been a big tournament. Um, But this year is the worst field in the John Deere's history when it comes to strength of field. The strength of field is 35 this year. For those that kind of want to gauge on that, Strength of the field for the U.S. Open um, just a few weeks ago was 835. The worst you can do is one. (laughs) So I've never seen a field in the two-plus years I've been watching and enjoying golf tournaments uh, professionally just as a fan. I I always like to look at that strength of field. I've never seen a PGA Tour one lower than 100 until this week. So it just kind of baffling, but... Uh, I do think it's also important just, you know, for being fair to the PGA Tour to mention that there is an event going on, the Irish Open, uh, that the DP World Tour is putting on. That's a flagship event of theirs. Um, You know, so why don't we do this? Why don't we combine both events, the DP World Tour and the John Deere Classic and give the numbers? First, though, I'll give them two separate. John Deere has nine players in the top 100 uh, in the world. Four of the last 50 major one, uh, major winners. That's 8%. Uh, the Horizon Iris Open on the DP World Tour has 11 top 100 players, one of the last 50 major winners, and one of the last 24 major winners. Uh, John Deere Classic, by the way, has zero of the last 24 major winners. Okay, before I even give you live golf, Josh, I want to combine for the folks out there those numbers I just gave. So that would mean there's 20 players in the top 100, in the world, in the John Deere and Irish Open combined. There's five players 
of the last 50 major winners, and there's one player of the last 24 major winners. Now let me give the live tour. So mind you, we just combined two events with full fields, both the Irish Open and the John Deere Classic are full fields with cuts. Live event, 48 guys with no cuts. Live has 21 players in the top 100. That's one more than the combined DP World Tour and John Deere Classic this weekend. And uh, they've got 17 of the last 50 major winners. That's pretty darn good. 17 compared to five when you combine the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. They've got 10 of the last 24 major winners compared to one in the other two of them. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. For those that thought this was you know, just going to go away or not be successful, they're wrong. It's just, that's, that's all I can say is they're wrong. Two events combined in the Live Tour beats it in both categories. Major champions, recent major champions, and then uh, obviously the official world golf ranking. It continues to grow and continues to attract these players that have won on the PGA Tour, won on the DP World Tour, and won major championships. So I just think the direction that the Live Golf Tour is heading I just think it's a positive one. I think it will continue to grow and continue to add. And I love their approach to get into the amateur ranks. I think that's crucial for it. Yeah, what did you think of Chikara going over there? I mean, that was something that obviously it broke last week on the show. I Listen, folks, we got to have some breaking news this week because the last six weeks we've had a breaking news story every single week, it seems, uh, during the show. So, I, I mean, we've only got 50 minutes left for some breaking news. So, get it together, Golf World. Give, it, give us something of, of notes. But, no, seriously, I think Chikara going over there is a big deal. You're exactly right. What, what are your, you know, with a week of digest on it and seeing him play in this field, how big do you think that could be, the number two amateur in the world? Oh, I think, I think it's massive for the Live Golf Tour. No doubt. I, I just think this path in general to attract the top amateur players, if you get one or two of those guys each and every year, then you're setting yourself up for having young budding stars on the live tour that we don't know them from the DP World Tour. We don't know them from the PGA Tour. We know them from the live golf tour. So I think it's a brilliant approach. And I think it's it's too early to tell, right, what what type of impact he's going to specifically individually have on the Live Tour. But just looking at it macro picture here for the Live Tour, I think it's brilliant. I think you're right. I think there's only one side of concern on Live Then uh, for me, and that is there's been a lot of great amateurs that don't make it. Uh, at that highest level. And obviously, if you're picking off number one, or in this case, number two in the world, you're going to have a way better chance of making it than, you know, not. But I do think that that is the one positive concern is, you know, Chikara could be a buck. I hope he's not. You know, he's a great kid. And um, I've actually talked with him a little bit. Uh, we've been at read him a few times. I've, I've, I've talked to him, you know, on a number of occasions. He's got a bright future as a human being. Uh, and I think as a golfer, but the golfer part is only proven at the collegiate level so far. So I think it's important for Chikara to have success. If you look at what he's done 
so far this week. You know, I, I would say it's maybe to be expected. Um, he's not the worst in the field by any at all. Uh, he's in a tie for uh, 33rd right now at five over for the tournament. Shot just plus one yesterday uh, in, in a second round. First round jitters, you know, it, I, I, I'm not shocked by that at all. So you know, it's not the start he probably wanted, but I think we also should probably give him some pause and let it play out and let's see how it, it works out. From the PGA standpoint, though, you're, we're already giving off all the, the numbers we just gave, 21 top 100 players in the world. They've got a ton of people that have won majors, and it's recent majors. I know that the talk of the town right now for the PGA Tour is anybody that supports it. Well, Liz, you know, they're really just picking off the old guys. Is that really true, though, anymore, Josh? Because I don't think it is. It doesn't feel that way, no. I mean, just picking off the old guys, well, do do you want to – qualify Dustin Johnson as an old guy I, I guess you could he's not on the you know early 20s portion of his career he's on the the back half of his 30s but I don't think anybody would argue that Dustin Johnson is still one of the biggest stars in the game of golf Brooks Kepka, you can't put him in that category Patrick Reed has won a major championship again he he's not in that category Bryson DeChambeau's a young rising star in the game of golf. Taylor Gooch, Abraham answered. Those are young stars in the game of golf. Matthew Wolf, though it's been up and down for him of late, he's shown the propensity to again fall into that category potentially moving forward, Matt, as being one of the rising stars in the world of golf. So it's no, it's not just old, washed up golfers out here. There is the Sergio Garcia's. Lee Westwood, Phil Mickelson's of the world, but uh, Ian Poulter, another name that you could toss into that group, but that's not the entirety of this Live Golf Tour right now. It's not. So, a few of those names you listed off, just to give people some context. Uh, Matthew Wolf, one of the younger stars that they definitely have. He's only 23. He's already won three times on the PGA Tour. Three times. Won the 2019 NCAA uh, Division One Individual Championship at Oklahoma State. And, you know, he's been very, very successful, obviously. Yes, he's in a rough patch, but there was a time where people thought Matthew Wolf was, you know, going to be the next dude that was in that younger class. Scotty Scheffler's older than Matthew Wolf. Uh, so who's to say this guy can't get it going by the time he is 25 in, in an age range? Uh, definitely a possibility there. Abe Answer's 31. Bryson DeChambeau, 28. Like, that's that's the prime of his career. The prime of his career. Uh, Patrick Reed, 31. And we're talking about golf. Golf. Brooks Kepka, 32, by the way. People act like Brooks Kepka is like 50. I mean, he's he's pretty young. I was actually – I had pegged – I don't know how old you thought Brooks was, but I had kind of pegged him as like 36-ish in that range. But I mean, a young 32. Still got a lot of golf – uh, left in them. And remember, I'm not saying everybody's going to do this, but Phil just won a major championship at 50. At 50. So who's to say these guys can't go win a major championship? I think Brooks has got at least a couple major championships left in his golf game uh, to be in contention for at, at the very least. Oh, I 100% agree. 
Brooks Kepka's got a chance to be really good for the next eight, ten years. We, we've seen plenty of golfers in their early 40s. I think back to not not too long ago, uh, Henrik Stinson and Phil Mickelson dueling at uh, an Open Championship. And Henrik Stinson was by no stretch of the imagination a young golfer then. I think he was early 40s when that happened. And so, you know, with that in mind, Brooks Kepka to me, I mean, eight, ten years that we could be talking about him still being one of the top golfers in the world and certainly for the next five. No doubt. No doubt about it. I I think you could definitely just all but pencil in the next five and pin. Uh, and then I would pencil him in, you know, beyond that for, you know, for, for more. I think there's definitely an opportunity for him to have a lot more success. You look at this week. You know, I know there's no context to this just yet, but I do think people are going to start getting context of the live events. He's in fifth place, four back of the lead, um, with Dustin Johnson and Carlos Ortiz tied at the top at eight under. Brandon Grace is the only guy that's in front of uh, uh, Brandon Grace, I should say, and Justin Harding, the only two other guys in front of him, and he's just one shot back of Harding and two back of Grace. So a top five finish is very much in the cards for Brooks, who's up there, and who knows? He could go out and win this thing today. I think it's good, again, for the Live Tour that you've got Dustin Johnson leading this tournament. Uh, Carlos Ortiz is right there, tied for the lead. Brandon Grace, okay, does he have the the same type of star power? No, as Dustin Johnson or Brooks Koepka, but that's a name that people are familiar with, right? It's six under par. Kepka four under par, and both Louis Oosthuizen and Patrick Reed are four under par. And, oh, by the way, it's not unthinkable that Bryson DeChambeau go, goes and fires uh, a round today at three under par to track down those leaders. So the fact that you have those names toward the top of this leaderboard this week out in Portland I think is good. Yes, yes. So here, here's the positive about the field of 48. And I do think that at some point Liv is going to expand just because if they, if they keep getting this type of talent, well, then guess what? They're going to expand. But I do think they're going to wait until they get this type of talent. And my thing on the 48 field, what makes it so good, is your, your numbers, it's a numbers game. If you've got 21 in the top 100 in a field of 48, this is no offense, but this is just being the God honest truth. Nobody's getting on there to, you know, like watch one of these random guys that are number 250 in the world and one of his first PGA Tour win. Tom Hoagie, let's, let's just say a random name. Tom Hoagie's had a heck of a season on the PGA Tour. Great year, and I'm happy for him. But no one's turning on the TV unless they're just a golf fanatic, a golf crazy, which, hey, look, I'm one of those people. The average fan, they're only turning it on when the stars are the ones at the top of the leaderboard. And that's where it lives. It's a numbers game. If 21 of your 48 are, you know, let, let's say 10 of those 21 are really stars and then the other 11 are at least notable names, there's pretty good odds if almost half your field is notable names that somebody is going to be on that leaderboard that somebody actually cares about. Which ultimately, that, that's, I think that's something you need as you're trying to build this live golf yeah. tour as you're trying to build the relevance of this live golf tour you need that i think a good mix right names maybe that are over here that fans aren't as familiar with i think it's okay 
to to have them in the the mix. And then a Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, you want those guys playing well. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for if you're Greg Norman. I, I no I got, doubt, no I, doubt. And, go ahead. No doubt. And, and, and back to Chikara, I think he's this is a perfect segue into what we can talk about. Um, you know, here just a little bit after the break. But Chikara being the number two amateur in the world gives him a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity to, if he goes out and wins one of these things, all of a sudden he solidifies himself because of who he's playing against. Because he's staring down a Brooks Kepka, he's staring down a Dustin Johnson. And so the question that, you know, we, we can answer after the break is, what does that mean for the PGA Tour if they keep losing guys like a Chikara? Let's discuss it next. I've got a lawsuit already that has been filed uh, that I think you'll find interesting, Matt, that I can share with you and everybody out there after the break. Josh and Matt, back with you right after this. It's the Gimme Zone on the Rev. Welcome back. It is the Gimme Zone. Matt Reynolds and Josh Helmer here in hour number two. And we were talking about Live Golf and the PGA Tour, which it feels like we've been talking about, I don't know, three, four months now really become a real rivalry uh, starting, I would say, eh, I would really say this week. Yes, Live Golf had their first event at Centurion across the pond in London, but it's really this week where we're seeing Live Golf actually rival um, the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour for viewership. Some great, great numbers coming out for them. They have had over 2 million people watch the first two rounds, and that is a lot of people. There's something about being able to track the streaming numbers uh, where you can't necessarily trust the John Deere numbers or the DP World Tour numbers at the Irish Open because it's TV and you know, it's just not like you can go click on Channel 9 and all of a sudden, boom, you know exactly how many people are watching. That's just not a thing. Where's the Internet? That's exactly how YouTube works. So a lot of people have tuned in, obviously. A lot of controversy. And the latest one is what is the PGA Tour going to do if Liv Golf continues to pick off top amateurs in the world there won't be very many rookies or any rookies of consequence for the PGA Tour if they're able to pick up the next start. They did that with Eugenio Chikara, who is on Sergio Garcia's team, very close with Sergio. He is from um, same country, countrymen together. And I just wondered, Josh, what do you think about that? What can the PGA Tour do to uh, have a guy like Chikara not take this opportunity? I don't know. That's a great question because the way it's set up, I mean, I guess more exemptions straight away for the top amateurs into some of the PGA Tours events. That way they just streamline them right onto the PGA Tour. Other than that, though, I mean, it's not really structured in a way to where you can – just sign a guy into the PGA Tour. I mean, there's steps that everybody kind of has to go through through the Corn Ferry Tour and on up, and the idea that all of a sudden that's not going to be the case for a number of different golfers. I don't know. I mean, what do you see as a solution? Well, the Tour isn't going to like my answer, but I don't think there is a solution because Live Golf has something that the PGA Tour doesn't, and that is guaranteed money. And I would ask everybody listening in their cars or on the, the great KREF app 
wherever you're looking at. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're not driving, close your eyes for a second. Just think about this. You're 22 years old. You're 21 years old. Would you go to the league that can guarantee you $6 million up front and then all your earnings on top of that are guaranteed and the lowest you can make each week is 125 By the way, your caddy fees are not, you know, you don't have to pay any extra of your 125 out of that. And all your housing and travel is covered. Or, or the best the PGA Tour can do is give them a PGA Tour card for the PGA Tour U, which I think that's coming in the next six months. That's going to be one of the changes they make. Which, look, that's great. That's great. That means five, the top five players in the country each year on PGA Tour U will get their PGA Tour card out of college. That's the Logan McAllister of the world, uh, Chris Goddard of the world. Those guys would go straight to the PGA Tour in the top five rather than right now they're going to the Corn Ferry. How in the world could Chris Goddard, if he was facing the same situation, turn away $6 million for a chance to maybe do well in the PGA Tour? Maybe not. But you have to go out and dig it out of the dirt every single week on the PGA Tour. And I know some people really enjoy that part of the PGA Tour, but as a player, we're thinking player perspective, you put yourself in the shoe of one of those guys at 21 or 22, Live Golf's got a huge advantage. There's just no business sense tells you you should go to Live Golf 10 times out of 10. It does. It's just conventional wisdom, right? I mean, it's guaranteed money. Like you said, that's the biggest factor in this is the guaranteed money. And I, I what I'm going to be anxiously watching or monitoring very closely in all of this, Matt, is how many, how many hurdles truly does Live Golf face in its application for world rankings points? Because, again, to me there's two big roadblocks here for the Live Golf Tour. It's, A, can the PGA Tour, can the DP World Tour, can they legitimately strong-arm these major championships into deciding, hey, if they play on the Live Golf Tour, they're not playing in the Masters. They're not playing in the U.S. Open. They're not playing in the PGA Championship. They're not playing in the Open Championship. So far, the return on that has been, eh, we're still going to allow them to play in these major championships. The other potential hurdle would be, where do I, the golfer, accrue world rankings points if I'm playing on the Live Golf Tour series? And if the Live Tour, if they can get to where you earn world rankings points by playing on their tour, then, uh, again, I just think that that makes it that much easier for these amateurs that we're talking about to make the decision to take the guaranteed money, and then even for established tour players to say, you know what? This is a really good thing that it's too good to pass up. Agreed. Agreed. And I think those are the two finer points. So let me let me answer those best for both sides, the PGA on one side and then live. For the PGA standpoint, I do think that they can hold off the OWGR points for some time, but I don't know how long for. And here's why. If you're the Masters, maybe you're willing to put your foot out for the first year. 
maybe even for the first two years of Liv. They're not going to come out and say that they banned the Liv players, the Masters didn't. What they would change is they would change their criteria. That's the only way that they can do this. That being said, if Liv continues to get enough golf talent, there comes a time where the Masters would be diluting their own product. And so that's the part where at some point, OWGR points are going to come to live. I do believe that. But it may be two years. It may be two years. The second part of that is the majors and backing the PGA Tour. From the PGA Tour standpoint, they haven't yet, and I think it'd be really hard to see that they would back them, you know, going forward in either of the U.S. Opens or uh, the Open across the pond. I'm just going to call it the British Open because it, it should be called the British Open, but I digress. So you've got the British Open and the U.S. Open. They're literally called open golf tournaments. So what's going to happen is if they don't get OWGR points of any kind, guess what? You can go to local qualifiers for both of those. And so all of these top players in the world, you're going to see DJ and Brooks and uh, Phil and all these guys. Well, Phil won't have to because he's, you know, he's qualified in because of his, his uh, recent major championship win. Neither will DJ, I guess. But you're going to see all these other guys. That's how they'll go get in the tournament, which is a shame because what that's going to do, Josh, is take away of the great story like we had of the guy who was from Boston and got to play in the U.S. Open in his hometown. Uh, you know, he, an amateur that just qualified it. Uh, it's going to take those type of stories away from us, which is a shame. But, you know, it, it'll still be okay. Now, from the Live Golf Tour side of OWGR, obviously they won it. But if they don't get it, I still haven't heard anyone talk about this. Josh, they have a fail-safe in the books. These guys have a lot of money. They thought this thing through. Now, if they had thought a little more through, they'd have bought the European Tour before they started the Lyft Golf Tour because that would have really cemented everything. But, you know, they, they maybe had a small mishap there. But they did buy the Asian Tour. The Asian Tour does get OWGR points. So why wouldn't those guys just go play in four or five Asian Tour events, get all the points they need to stay where they are, and call good? Give me give me reasons of why they wouldn't do that. Because I just I can't fathom them up. Yeah, and I guess it just depends on, you know, I I'm not familiar enough with how the official World Golf Rankings work to where could you play in as few as five events and and be ranked high enough to get into a lot of these major championships if you play well? You've got to play well, but all it really takes for OWGR points is to play well. Here's the other thing with OWGR. What would happen is all the live top players would go to the same Asian tour events because the more top 100, uh, well, it's really goes beyond top 100, but for all those top 100 guys, they're all going to come to the same event because the more top players that are in each event, the higher the strength of field is, the more OWGR points that are awarded. So that being said, if they go all play four, five, six weeks, some guys might have to play longer than that. It's possible because you know, you, you've got to be able to get accrue enough points. But they should still be in the top 100 at the very least with five or six good finishes a year. If you're in, if you're where, you know, Abe answer is at 20, he's going to be just fine. 
regardless. He could not play any golf events for the next year without OBGR points and still qualify and be fine. It's the guys that are in that 80 to 90 range that they've got to accrue some points. Otherwise, they're going to be out of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Just as a little bit of an update to some of this, obviously the Live Golf Tour has applied for or sent their application for official World Golf Rankings points. The application is set to be reviewed by the governing board at St. Andrews during the British Open, Matt. The uh, agenda, if it's if the application from Live Golf has been received, it's going to get reviewed that week. Here's where it gets really interesting. Greg Norman, who, of course, runs Live Golf, has uh, made the suggestion that PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan, who is a part of this eight-member panel, recuse himself. It includes executives from the European Tour, the PGA of America, the USGA, the RNA, the uh, Augusta National, and the International Federation of PGA Tours. And the board is chaired by former RNA chief Peter Dawson. So that's an interesting little angle to all of this, is that Jay Monahan is involved in this official World Golf Ranking governing board. He is. And other than him, it's pretty much just the majors. You've got Augusta, you've got both the Opens, you've got PGA, which people need to remember the PGA of America runs that tournament, not the PGA Tour. So from that standpoint, I think that you have to really take a fair look at it. There's no way Jay Monahan will actually recuse himself of that, I don't think, because that's power that he has, and why would you give up power in his situation? So I understand that from his standpoint. But I also understand from Norman's standpoint that the right thing to do would be to take out any bias. That would be the right thing to do. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening with Monahan. Probably not. Take a timeout, come back, uh, update you on the leaderboards, tell you what to watch for in this uh, event up in Portland. And we've got a Sooner playing well at the uh, John Deere. Josh and Matt back with you. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref right after this. The Territory Golf and Country Club. Bringing us the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. Josh Elmer alongside Matt Reynolds. Get you a quick leaderboard update. Really, at uh, both of these two events, we've told you, but Dustin Johnson, Carlos Ortiz, they are atop the board as we head into day three from up in Portland for the second ever Live Golf Tour event. couple of other big names lurking. Brooks Kepka four under par. Patrick Reed is four under par as well. Brandon Grace is actually a little bit closer than that. Name that people are familiar with at six under par. In the John Deere Classic, well, one name that will definitely uh, excite Oklahoma fans, Chris Goderup, is 10 under par after a pair of rounds. Beyond that, though, tell me if this gets you fired up, Matt. JT Poston at 15 under par, Denny McCarthy at 11 under par, and Michael Thompson, Justin Lauer, and Cam Davis at 10 under par. You juiced yet? Uh, yeah, not, not probably as much. I mean, the leaderboard conversation this week, I think is pretty clear which one's the better leaderboard, uh, as far as the stars go. That being said, I mean, it, one of the parts that the PGA does have is, you know, a Chris Scotter for a player like that, that's just coming in, having the ability to win a golf tournament is a really, really, really big deal. Um, 
So I, I think from that aspect of it, yeah, that's probably the only reason why I'd watch. I'm not going to, but if I was going to, that, that'd be why I'd watch. Is because it got her up. And then you've got Cam Davis in there who's in the conversation, potentially, for rookie of the year. No surprise, Matt, but seven more golfers that have gone over to take part in this uh, event up in Portland, officially suspended by the PGA Tour. Uh, that list, of course, includes Brooks Kepka, Abraham Answer, and uh, Patrick Reed and others. I mean, look, no, no surprise there. We knew that was coming. The PGA Tour, though, I mean, are we ever going to get to a point to where players aren't getting suspended before lawsuits? I don't think so. Until the lawsuits uh, are filed, which is interesting, the European Tour actually they're getting sued before the PGA, which I, I wouldn't have bet on that one. I would have bet it would have been opposite. But the, PG, the PGA has not been sued yet that we know of, whereas the European Tour has been sued. And Lee Westwood, boy, he was fiery. I mean, fiery in his press conference this week against the European Tour. Like, basically, who the heck do you think you are? Don't you know who I am and what's up, what I've done for you? you got to remember they didn't have Tiger Woods on the European Tour. So guys like Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter and Sergio Garcia, they are what built the, the current European Tour and its viewership. And so, the, yeah, they're rightfully so. They're kind of pissed. They're thinking, wait a second now. After all the stuff I've done for you, this is the way I get you know my return? This sucks. Yeah, we thought the DP World Tour was really going to be an avenue for and I thought it was a big win for the DP World Tour a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about how they hadn't really taken the approach to bar players that had played in live golf events from going over and taking part in the Scottish Open or playing on the DP World Tour moving forward and that it could maybe give them some inroads into taking a slice of that market share from the PGA Tour, but obviously that didn't last. Now, uh... They have uh, drawn their own line in the sand as well. And, look, Lee Westwood's got a right to be upset. I, I get where he's coming from on that. I see both sides. I see both sides. I, I was obviously a little disappointed in the European Tour, which is now the DP World Tour, but it'll always be the European Tour to me. Uh, I, I am disappointed in that they didn't take a chance to stab at glory. Uh, and what I mean by that is they had the opportunity – to level up and literally make a true run at this thing. And they just didn't take that chance. And that opportunity would have been to have the DJs of the world play in the European tour, which, you know, DJ filed for a European tour card. Um, don't think that'll be getting, you know, accepted anytime soon, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, I'm not sure how fast, the courts in Europe are versus the United States, so I'm not sure which one will actually make it to a ruling first. But it's going to be really, really interesting to see how it plays out. So we, you mentioned, well, I guess we both mentioned lawsuits here, and is it going to take that before we actually see the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour let these guys play in these events again? Okay, so we don't have a lawsuit from – Phil Mickelson or Dustin Johnson yet or any of those players. But I do have a lawsuit to share with you on the other side. We'll get your reaction to it, Matt. And then uh, we'll get everybody set for a July 4th weekend 
right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. One final TO, and we're back after this. Just a couple of minutes before we bid you adieu and wish everybody a happy July 4th out there. One final time, I want to tell you, as always, the Gimme Zone, it's brought to us by Craig Cox and his team. They're great over there at Elite Roofing Systems, locally owned and operated. They're headquartered in both Norman and in Tulsa. They've been uh, serving customers in the greater OKC area all the way since back in 2010. Free quotes, they're bonded, they're insured, affordable pricing with Elite Roofing Systems. So give them a call in uh, Oklahoma City, 405-361-3094 is the number to call in OKC. Out in Green Country in Tulsa, 918-984-5475. And everybody can go check them out online, EliteRoofOK.com. Well, Matt, we do have one lawsuit that has been been filed. It's a civil lawsuit filed this Tuesday Interesting. on behalf of Larry Clayman, and it's the it's against the PGA Tour and its partner, the DP World Tour, uh, from out in Palm Beach County. It says suspending golfers who play in the live tournaments robs PGA golf fans of seeing some of the best golfers in the world and is, quote, anti-competitive behavior end quote, in a free market economy. Here was, uh, here was actually the, what the, some of the full language of the lawsuit claims. Quote, using the phony pretext of Saudi financing of the Live Golf Tour as the PGA Tour and DP World Tour also significantly benefit from a huge amount of Saudi and Arab money, these defendants have flagrantly sought through their anti-competitive actions to harm Florida consumers who would attend PGA Tour and its admitted partner DP World Tour golfing tournaments by suspending and fining professional golfers who were formerly on these golf tours simply because they signed up to play in live golf tour tournaments and events. There you I have it. I to say, I know that's laughable to some people. But daggum, that's actually on the money. That is on the money because what's being, what's happening in golf, look, it's robbing the fans more than anybody. The fans are the losers in this situation because our game is split. And now, I mean, think of the majors. I know it's hypothetical because they obviously haven't banned any guys or they haven't changed their criteria. But let's just say they did. Let's just say the Masters comes out next spring and is like, hey, you know, we're going to change our criteria and basically the changes, you know, so those web guys aren't in it. I mean, we're robbed. We're robbed of our experience. So, yeah, I, I, kudos to this guy. Kudos to him. Yeah, we, we might need to get on the phone with him and see if we can hop on there on, on the lawsuit and just, just get in support of this thing. That's uh, You're right. A lot of people are going to treat it as being laughable, but – a lot of what he said, I kind of agree with. No, I think he's on the money. I think he's on the money. That's the scary part of it, I think. What do you think? Uh, how do you think this thing plays out this weekend? Dustin Johnson going to win up in Portland? I'm going to say that DJ doesn't win. And my pick would be Brooks Koepka. 
Brooks He's got Kepka a lot of negative, charging. A lot of negative things around Brooks. And I think this is the perfect scenario where he can respond. He, he likes criticism. He likes the media kind of mad at him. He's always pissed at the media for that matter. So, yeah, I, I, give, me, give me Brooks to win. Yeah, I like angry Brooks. It's uh, it's fun when he's angry. I'll go a similar direction so as to not take Dustin Johnson with one round to play, leading by a couple of strokes here over everybody not named Carlos Ortiz. I'll say Patrick Reed, first event on the uh, Live Tour, gets a W. Hey, Matt, thanks for hopping on for the final hour. A very happy 4th of July to you and your family, and we'll do it again next week, my friend. Likewise, everyone enjoy the fireworks. Remember, though, fireworks and fingers don't go together. That's right. We have we have learned uh, that over the years for sure. That's it for us. For Matt, I'm Josh Elmer. For Brian as well, Josh Elmer signing off. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. We'll see you all again next week. Happy Fourth of July, everybody.